Hello, everybody. This is Indina Maka for the 40th Year Podcast. If you're listening to this and you're a child under the age of 18, make sure you have your mom or dad or guardian with you as we proceed to discuss some topics that might be out of your realm of reach or might be explicit. In addition, because we live in a time where false media lives large, the conversations that I normally have is based on little research, rumor, hearsay, and allegation. So a lot of times you'll hear me say, this is alleged or allegedly, just so that we're all on our P's and Q's because I don't want anybody suing me for defamation because I don't have any money. So with that being said, let's get this podcast rolling. Hello, everybody. This is Indira Maka, and this is the second episode of the 40th Year Podcast. We got a lot of heavy topics to talk about um, this time around, but I wanted to kind of give you um, some information about other places that you can find the 40th Year Podcast. Currently, you can find it on Anchor FM, but you can also now find it on Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, and Pocket Cast. Um, I received some information about being associated to Google Podcasts, but I cannot find the podcast at this time. So I need to do a little bit more research on it, but I will give you more clarification about Google, um, hopefully episode three. Let's get into uh, the first topic. And the first topic is about Charlemagne the God versus uh, Snoop Dogg. If you had not been paying attention to social media, um, and really just media in general, um, Gail and Snoop Dogg were um, with the, were at a standstill with one another because of uh, a interview that Miss King had with Lisa Leslie. Lisa Leslie is a close friend of uh, Kobe Bryant. And in the interview with King and Leslie, she talked about um, Kobe Bryant disparagingly. I won't give the statement any more any fresh air at this time because we as you all know it's been going through the ringer for this past week or so as snoop dogg stepped into the room he had made um some negative statements about oprah and gail together as women of color and media and a lot of people stepped into the ring on behalf of gail king and you're thinking well what did that look like if you are a subscriber to twitter there was hashtag saying i will stand with Gail and I stand with Snoop and I had simply said on my personal Twitter that I stand with myself because I had made some statements about Gail and Oprah and how they tear down the black community with their commentary. But that's neither here nor there. We're talking about Charlemagne and Snoop Dogg. As I presumed Charlemagne the God is stands for Gail King. He just didn't really say it. But on his Instagram, he puts up a puts up an image saying black women are not your enemy. And then he chimes in and says, just a reminder. The next thing we know, Snoop Dogg appears on his post and says the following. We know that, but the ones in power have um, a funny way of showing it, not all just a few but now they know how we feel now carry on Charlemagne and then he puts the emoji of a bicep 
and then the emoji for fire. And so at this point, you can kind of tell that Snoop Dogg was probably not appreciative of Charlemagne and his post. But I do think that that is an important conversation to have when you get in conflict with a woman of color who is in power. Um, it provokes the community at large to consider her an enemy because of where she lays her hat. Are you laying your hat for your community or are you a sellout or coon who is helping corporate America, which people still today ID as the white man? Um, in the process of making money. And for me, as a person who has a business background, it's important for me to kind of discuss this because I don't see anything wrong with what Charlemagne said. I didn't see anything wrong with what Snoop Dogg said because I allow people to voice their opinion. It's important that we get into that conversation about voicing their opinion. Um, it doesn't matter how bad they present it. Did he, did Snoop Dogg use the right words? No. Um, it made Charlemagne feel like Snoop Dogg was looking at black women as enemies and he voiced his opinion and he had a right to. I just think we have to give people the opportunity to exercise their right to voice their opinion. We can either agree with them, disagree with them or just agree to disagree. And it's important to keep that in mind. Not all women in power are out to get us. And it's imperative to keep that in mind. We are doing the best that we can if we're in corporate America and we're doing the best we can if we're focused on on our community community it's we have to be able to play both sides effectively and efficiently and I just feel like with you all who have negative statements to make about Winfrey and King we don't see them doing anything but pacifying the people who go against the black community because they're in it for money and we just have to oblige them for a moment because I personally think that the two are just relics and that their time on their platforms is about to decline decline dramatically. And I think that that is the biggest notion that we have to think about when we get into these arguments about Winfrey and King, because we can't do this anymore. We're, it's taking too much of our time. And I just feel that Charlemagne was just wanting to keep the public aware of where people are really standing. Just make sure, and as I'll say it too, black women are not your enemy at all. We're here to help. All right, y'all. The next topic is about the Essence Magazine Black Women in Hollywood Award Ceremony that takes place um, during the week of the Oscars. Um, the focus is on Nisi Nash. And Nisi was one of the women to be celebrated during this um, event. But it doesn't seem that she was too happy to be at the table with the other awardees, allegedly. So let me give you a conversation of who some of the honorees were, or all of the honorees, actually, um, that particular evening. Um, Lashana Lynch, Melina Masakas, and the co-producer and cast of Excess Pose. That includes Janet Mock, who is the co-producer. And then the cast is MJ Rodriguez, India Moore, Dominique Jackson, Angelique Ross, and Hallie Sahara. 
Unfortunately, she had made some choice comments and she is Nisi, and she was upset that she was sitting at the table, allegedly. I was like, oh my God, I really don't feel good about presenting it, but I'm going to because we need to talk about this and I think it's imperative. So if you're familiar with FX Pose, you know that that particular show talks about the LBGTQ movement in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and it focuses on the ballroom scene. And so you all are like, what is the ballroom scene? It's not like the ballroom you think of. It's more so it's an extravaganza was what I was always told. And they do certain categories to prove their their capabilities. Because these women that I mentioned from Pose are trans women. They're transgendered women. And so the ballroom scene is usually a place where they can go correct their realness is what I'll say. And when I say realness, their capabilities of immersing themselves in the general population as regular women. And so since Essence had awarded um, these women with the honor of being considered a black woman in Hollywood, I think Niecy Nash had gotten offended, allegedly. So apparently her commentary had carried through the room. So I do wonder today, did the other honorees hear what she had to say? She was not interested in being associated to Melina. Um, she, Melina is a, is a collaborator of Beyonce's, but you know her right now for her production credits as one of the executives for Queen and Slim. And evidently, Nisi had identified her as a part of the LBGTQ community. I don't know that's true. So I'm going to say allegedly, allegedly and allegedly again. Lashana, she didn't like her because of some guy that she had dated in the industry who is a musician, which I'm not really familiar with Lashana Lynch. And I actually forgot to go look her up to see what exactly. But I know she's an actress. I just don't know what movies she's associated to. So sorry, girl, I don't mean to dismiss you. I just forgot to check your references before recording. But she called her a busybody. So in St. Louis, when you say a busybody, she is a hoe. And so that's what I thought she meant by that. And, sh and I'm going to say allegedly. So I guess Queen Nisi, as I'll call her, she seemed to be overwhelmed by the fact that she was sitting up there with the trans community on one side with a person who is associated to Beyonce and you're calling her a queer too and then a girl you're calling a Jezebel but you sit in the room and we um, allegedly but you are in a bad place too with St. Louis so for me, I'm not really concerned about her getting upset about this particular portion of the podcast. I just think it's mean that you couldn't just sit down and celebrate. Now, mind you, I have my own corpse with Essence magazine due to the past, but that's neither here nor there. It's imperative for Nisi to just accept the honor of getting the award. Now, I do think that Miss Nash, if these if these comments about her online is true, she must have felt there was some kind of underlying shade being thrown at her because she was sitting at the table with the production and cast of Pose, Lynch and Melina. So unfortunately, I just think we as women again have to come to the table and discuss our differences in order to be more successful 
in this new decade. I was overwhelmed by her statement. I said, I guess she, I just, I don't really know what to say. I don't want to say too much more because I was offended by her anyway. Now, even if Lynch was a hoe and even if Melina was a queer, and even though you must not really care for the transgender community, allegedly the commentary should have been kept to yourself. Or maybe you did tell somebody and they ran their mouth to the entire community that by the time you got to the Oscars, you had to put your head down. Cause I don't know if she went or not. So it was interesting to me that she would have such a negative cause she didn't want to be at the table is basically what I'll say. She didn't want to be at that table in association to the award honorees for Essence Magazine's Black Women in Hollywood award ceremony, allegedly. They said she was talking real negative. She was talking real down about the team at Essence, which I don't blame her because I don't like them either due to personal business reasons. And I um, don't quite understand why she felt the need to broadcast it in front of people who care about the people who got awarded. So I don't actually know where Nisi will be in the next six months. It's, it's just important to be clear about your agenda. You didn't have to take the award. You knew who was going to be on the ceremony. Why are you making the statement though? It was completely odd to me. And I just thought it was disrespectful to whoever brought Nisi to the table this particular year. Cause to be honest with you, Essence, I don't know why you chose her anyway, because she was the host for BET's black girls rock. I mean, damn, let me go get some hosting gigs so I can get an award for real. To be honest with you, I mean, she just it, she didn't celebrate it for real like y'all thought she did, allegedly. And she doesn't care for you all anymore, allegedly. Now, remember, this whole conversation right here is nothing but hearsay and speculation. But I tend to believe it because of who she hangs out with, honestly. And so I'm going to say sorry on behalf of St. Louis, Missouri, because that's not how we operate for real. And if we don't like you, we normally tell you up front anyway. So I don't know what problem she would have with Lashana Lynch, Melina or the cast and production of FX Pose. She had just did a movie with someone who's a part of the LBGTQ community, who's the production, Robin Roberts. So for lifetime, so I don't get it. I guess you pick and choose, I guess. Cause I said somebody also was a YouTuber who said they thought Robin Roberts was the one who had recommended Nisi to get the black women in Hollywood honor. Miss Roberts, now you know. But I still say allegedly. Let's get off this topic and talk about something else. And it is Tom Brady and the craziness in association to Dallas Cowboys. Now, mind you, I don't like the Dallas Cowboys. I live in Texas and I hate their attitude about the Cowboys. It is so weird to me. Y'all are obsessed. They could be zero and 18. Y'all still be out there like, yeah, we tailgating for the Cowboys. I'm like, oh my, we've got to stop. Let's, 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 let, let's let the Cowboys go. And especially the cheerleaders, no shade to the directors. I'm just saying it is an odd, odd scene to me. So you're like, well, what's going on with Tom Brady and the Cowboys? They're actually talking about replacing Dak Prescott to place Tom Brady. Now, I thought Tom Brady was elderly in NFL terms. I mean, this must be a new day or something. Apparently, Dak Prescott, though, wants the title of franchise player. 
some of y'all like, oh, yeah. So according to NBC Sports and its pro football talk column, this is what it said. Now, they claim that Dak Prescott has the Cowboys by the kahunas. He has rejected all offers for a long term deal, and he's trying to force them to give him the title of the franchise player. They said if he gets tagged as a franchise player, he may stay away from off-season training camp and preseason work and then just show up a week before the regular season begins, which they claim will make it very difficult for the team to thrive in the first season of Michael McCarty's tenure as the head coach. Jones is very desperate to win a Super Bowl with a team that he's built, and he believes that Prescott can strive to be the team's quarterback for the next decade. But as we all know, Brady has won six Super Bowls. But I mean, even if they take on Tom Brady as the new quarterback, which it sounds crazy to me. Cause he's, I mean, I'm 40 years old. I think he might be like 38, 37. I it, subtract 10 or maybe Dak, Dak is a little bit younger. Um, I don't think Prescott has the, angle to be franchise he needs to be at training camp he needs that preseason work too so I don't know about franchise I can see Brady saying that but it's an age difference I guess they have to take it out on the field to see who is better but they are considering taking Brady I know they said the Chargers too but I see to me it's more it is more, even though this is a concept is an anomaly to me but I do see Brady coming to Cowboys because they said he always wanted to play for the Cowboys, too, if uh, everything fell apart in New England. And maybe this is a possibility. But I do think Prescott could be could continue on. But honestly, son, you are you're not going to get the franchise player title. You should just kind of ask for some more money, I guess. I don't know this NFL thing. Y'all be killing me with the contracts and stuff like what makes y'all what makes y'all get this get this money anyway. But that's the end of my NFL talk, and we'll get to the next topic. All right, y'all. Sunday was the last episode of Star's Power. Um, they concluded with the finale of who actually shot James St. Patrick, which you guys found out who it is. You're thinking, NDD, what did you think? I did not actually watch it. I no longer watched the show. And you're thinking, okay, well then what you talking about it for? I'm intrigued by the next book within the um, consortium entitled Star's Power. The focus is Ghost, but Omari Harwick is not going to be on there. And I assume this is the aftermath after everybody finds out who shot Ghost. So you have the son played by Michael Rainey Jr. Um, Mary J. Blige is a brand new character who will be um, presenting. I think she's a family member of Ghost. You have Method Man who will be playing um, Notori Nottinger's character Tasha's 
uh, attorney, it looks like. And so this is something that I'm intrigued to see because I'm under the under the impression that Michael Rainey Jr. is the lead character now, um, which some people are speculating is not going to go well, which I was like, oh, wow. So we'll say allegedly. Um, is he the franchise player? It seems like he is the lead character and everybody else around him is supporting. Now there's a trailer. The trailer was intriguing enough for me to go back and look at maybe because normally when I get disenchanted about TV, I end up giving them like three episodes to see if it's something that I'm going to continue to watch. So I'm willing to give them three episodes to see how book two goes and it's entitled Ghost actually. So that's why I was kind of confused as to is there going to be actually occasional appearances of Omari Harwick as Jamie James ghost. Um, cause I thought that that would be compelling, but there seems to be conflict in the storyline to where they're saying there is a delay in production to where stars is not interested anymore. Allegedly. Um, unfortunately, I guess they were not willing to push it back. If there is a production delay, if it's not available and up for the summer, it's out and it really knocks the other presentations that was going to be available under the consortium called power stars. So you're thinking, what was the other ones? There was one supposedly called influence and that was focused on Lorenz Tate character, who was a political, who worked with, um, ghost. And then there was one that was going to be focused on Tommy's on Tommy played by Joseph Sakura. And it appears that that one has been scratched. Actually. Um, I was trying to find some more information. There was a variety article and I couldn't find it anymore actually. So I don't really, this is all very speculatory. So we're going to say allegedly I would be intrigued in the one about Tommy. Um, but I'm not really sure about the one is called influence with the one with Lorenz Tate. Cause I didn't think his character was that prolific to get a spinoff. I don't think it's necessary in my opinion. Now, maybe it was something that I missed, but I had watched most of power. It was just that I didn't feel like watching the last season anymore. Cause I didn't care anymore. It's just, they, they seem too messy for me and I'm good. Cause they all, I could hear from people as I was listening to commentary that the writing was bad. The cinematography was bad, et cetera, et cetera. So I said, I'm good. I'm not missing out. So it'll be interesting to see what Mary J. Blige brings to the table, what Method Man brings to the table and what Naturi Noninger and Michael Rainey bring to the table without Omari Harwick and the rest of the ensemble cast that stepped away from book two. So We'll just have to see if it gets put up in the summer. Finally, but not least, is Kobe Bryant. He is going to be in the news, I think, for a little while because his death was overwhelming and unexpected. And um, I really don't want to spend a lot of time 
on him and his legacy. I just think it has a lot to do with his oldest daughter. Um, for me, I keep her up in prayer because it's hard to be an oldest child and then especially be a woman as well. And your father passes. I think it's imperative to just keep in mind that there are children involved. The conversation about him should be told with accuracy, but be clear that everybody's legacy has highs and lows and everybody's viewpoint about life is different from one another. Some people may have taken that incident in Utah as a plus because it showed how positive he, how positive he was in the community where they may take the fact that he went to the Lakers as an all-time low in his legacy. You see what I'm saying? So I think it is important to remember that when we talk about someone, whether they're alive or living, that you should think about it in a more constructive and productive manner. And I know sometimes that's hard, especially if it's an individual that you don't like. And if it is an individual that you don't like, you don't talk about it. That's something I had to learn along my journeys. And at 40, I can contest that I really don't spend time talking about people in the manner that I used to, because I could get real vicious with it. And I normally think about stuff before I say it. And so that's why I think I've become a more quieter person. And so, as I had said before earlier in the podcast, we have a right to agree, to disagree. We have a right to voice our opinions. We have a right to say what we have to say, but you have to expect backlash, whether it's good or bad. And you have to realize that words are powerful and that actions are truly what shows somebody's intent about the situation. And so with that being said, you know, I hope that the families and friends of Kobe Bryant um, find a moment to grieve. Grief is a very long process and you might never be able to let it go, but know that they're in a better place now. And I'm not trying just to focus on the Bryant family because I know the Altabello family and I won't say the other family's names because some of them don't want the celebrity around them. And I think it's just imperative that we just keep our heads up and keep moving towards the rest of the year. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye now.